darkness has descended upon the city, and the creatures of the night have begun to stir. This is the time when the veil between the realms of the living and the dead is the thinnest, and all that is is not what it appears to be. Like a lone sentinel, one candle flickers in the night, revealing all that lurks in the darkness. This is Ghost Chronicles, Book of Shadows. Welcome to the Nightmare. And good evening, everyone. And I am that lone candle, New England's own Van Helsink, Roy Kolick. And joining me today is my lovely co-host, my favorite West Coast witch, Mala Brooks. Yes, here I am. And you know what? What? Tonight, my guest is my favorite West Coast witch, too. She's from the West Coast? Yeah. Yeah. Just a mm. hop, skip, and a jump by the crown flies from here. Intriguing. So mm-hmm. joining us now is another witch, evidently. Another West Coast witch, evidently. Uh, I can't remember her name. Sam is all I remember. <laughs> Sam. Sam is fine. Sam is just fine. Mm-hmm. Sam who is yes. a sea witch, which is not quite sure what that is. Is that like a mermaid? Is that like a... Oh, no. No, I... I is that like a sandwich? I don't know. What is it? <laughs> no, sea witch is, uh, for me anyway, is a practitioner who uses mostly um, the ocean and its elements, we sand, wind, the sea water, of course. I work with all the elements, but the sea is truly where my heart lies. So that's my uh, my main focus one in my work. What's your is birth working month? with the ocean. What's your birthday? I'm kind of stuck between um, Cancer and Leo. What you can't make up your mind, or you don't know what day you were born on? <laughs> no, I know what day I was born on. I was born July 26th. Okay, so that is. Oh, screw it. I can't remember. <laughs> you got COVID brain, don't you? I yes. do have COVID everything. Technically, it's Leo, but I have more Cancerian traits. Than Say, Leo I know it, Leo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's I, not shy, but she's got a good heart. Yeah, it's typical um, of witches. You know, they always use like all like uh, sexy uh, icon, sexy stuff, like all of the sexy black witch, and they try to make their image over us, like rather than who they are, like Mala is Mala. Uh, but so there you go, calling yourself a the water or whatever. I'm confused. Sea anyway, witch, <laughs> not sandwich, but sea witch. I like sandwiches. Yeah, oh, me too. All right, so sea witch. So uh, I am Pisces, which. I am a water person. Always uh, been a water person. Okay. So I love the water, love the beach. So I love you. There oh, you go. my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gonna knock me down a peg or what? Never. I love you okay. too. Okay. <laughs> There's room for everybody, right? Yeah, I'm Magadugalus, or is it Polly Wallis? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, the sea is big enough to hold everybody. So a sea witch, okay. So you you uh, use elements of the sea in your craft. Is is that what I'm getting out of this? That's precisely right. I, as a child, my parents used to just be panic stricken that I was just going to run out into the ocean and never be seen again because I never had any fear of it. I was just always 
getting out into the water, digging, you know, where I shouldn't be digging, bringing home rocks, plywood, uh, driftwood, making little wands, stirring little things in a sand deep cauldron, you know, just living the life. You know, it's just, it's remembering that the child witch inside of you as I've grown up, it's just all those little things I used to do as a child. Only now I can make them more empowering. We were talking about that on the last show, and it seems that, you know, we, we've kind of lost that in the society nowadays. Steve, Steve Parsons from the UK and myself on the Ghost Chronicles International were talking about, and we grew up, we grew up with chemistry sets and uh, radial things and all kinds of little science, uh, extremely archaeology, digging up things, and we were so much interested in it. It doesn't seem that way anymore. Nobody, none of these kids seem to have an identity to anything other than the internet. Uh, <laughs> they're all become, you know, children of the internet, basically. So I'm glad that you are in that same thing. Well, you know, energy now has changed. There's so much online stuff. There's so much electricity everywhere. And, you know, and energy is honest. You can feel it, you know, before you can see what's coming or you can hear what somebody is saying. And I think a lot of that is being blocked from uh, kids and people nowadays. Really? Yeah. I think, you know, there's just so much. People don't get off their phones. They don't get off the computers or their games. When we were out, I mean, I was outside all the time. I mean, it was always out. If I wasn't at the beach, you know, I was across the street in the park, up in the mountains, you know, picking up roots and stuff. You know, my <laughs> my parents would just like look sky and go, oh, God, you know, she's brought all this back from another life. That's obvious. <laughs> you know, and I would just, you know, and, and I was just, and people of my, I mean, I'm in my 70s, so I was lucky. You know, I grew up when it was okay to do all of these things. But you just have to... I was lucky not to, to lose that, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm able to, to shine with what I do without wishing to be seen. If that makes any sense, you know, I don't need to be out there, you know, saying, Oh, here I am. I am a sea witch. No, I don't need that. Uh, but I can still let people see my light if they need me. I think mm-hmm. it's a cool title. Sea witch anyways, I, I really do. And, I, and <laughs> we, we yes. are, we come from the sea, so that's an interesting thing. I, by the way, uh, before the show, we were talking about that. Did you were a uh, a military brat? Uh, were you in the navy? Navy brat? No, my father was in the navy. Yeah, so it makes you a navy brat. Makes me a navy brat. Yeah, he always so. told us that he he was a first. He was a submariner, and he had to give it up because he liked to sleep with the windows open. <laughs> so. We believed him. We totally believed him. <laughs> you know and so we just grow up feeling that you know the ocean is a sanctuary it's like you know holy places where you can uh, lay down all of your pain and all your problems you know she's a shapeshifter the ocean is always changing mm-hmm. so you know and i just brought that into uh my craft and into my work at at disney and you know you just oh yeah you, right. you ride with it disney stuff yeah you ride well, up you- and down with it what do you think one of her favorite um, Disney movies is? Uh, Thinking about the Sea Witch. No, <laughs> old, a, a classic one. A classic one? You you actually want to use, use brain cells? 
Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> you need to you need to shake off this COVID thing. So yeah. Uh, no, I'm not gonna go into. Okay, Jules Verne. Jules Verne. Oh, twenty yeah, twenty thousand believes to see. Oh yeah, awesome, awesome. Ding awesome. ding 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 ding. Yes, that's my absolute favorite <laughs> Disney film, The Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Mm. It's just, and, I just. So, you, did you? I mean, you're in California, so I assume you're talking about Disney Land. Land. Yeah. Well, Disneyland and Disney Studios. I had a 45-year career. Never intended to. I just went to Disneyland in 1970 to do a summer job, like most people, and um, mm-hmm. just ended up staying uh, in the park until 1992 and then transferred to the studio in Burbank, and I was there until I had to take a medical retirement in 2015. What would you do at the studio? <laughs> I was the official Disney jackass whisperer, which is a fancy way, (laughs) which is a fancy way of saying I was talent administration. And I was literally the babysitter and for the talent at the studio. Oh, and, uh, there was, there was three of us and we basically took care of talent, not just the actors, but the writers, producers, directors, um, we took care of their offices there at the studio, but we also had the right uh, Pardon? Make sure they had the right color dividends. Oh Lord, you have no idea. <laughs> and um, you know, and make sure that when we had TV shows and movies, that we had to set up all those production offices as well. The first fifth picture actually I worked on was Hocus Pocus. Oh wow. <laughs> I know, and I was very lucky because Roy Disney actually gave me one of the brooms from the movie. Oh, how you, how apropos was that? You don't understand. If you saw pictures of what her office had, furniture and stuff, <laughs> the art department kept throwing stuff down there. It was the neatest place in the world. Really? I was unofficially on the tour. Yeah, she had, I mean, stuff, just, you know, just not like pictures. I mean, she's got pictures, but she's got stuff and she's got them. All over and the skeletons place. from Pirates of the Caribbean. And Get out of here. No kidding. Yeah, the whole, oh, yeah. I, I, all that. I have the ship's wheels from Pete's Dragon. Oh. And oh, uh, Mary Poppins. I have lanterns. Uh, oh, I have all kinds of stuff. You still Her, got that stuff? Yes. <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> what was the question? I, heard, I, I still have it. Do I have what? The broom? All, all the good stuff. Oh, the stuff. Oh, you betcha. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, oh you betcha. When I retired, I will. Well, because the 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 better things, the brooms, the uh, the skeletons, the ship's wheels, and stuff were all uh, given to me by Roy Disney. So nobody was going to take it away from Roy. me when I came. Roy was uh, Walt's nephew. Okay. And his father was co-founder of the Walt Disney Company. Hmm. Dearest, sweetest man you'd ever want to know. Just. He was one of the people, like they're not that way anymore. When we would leave in the evening, he would know the name of every maintenance person, every, uh, anybody who worked there on their way out. Hey, you know, John, how's your wife? You know, hey, he knew everybody. Wow. It's not like it was now. It is now. So he was a wonderful guy. He was very sweet. Mm -hmm. And he loved, he was very into (laughs) this paranormal and the, uh, and magic. Really? He had a castle in Ireland. He was very interested in the craft and stuff. And he would come in and we would talk about that. I often think that was how some of those talent people found out uh, what I was because they would come and say, you know, I got some really 
crappy energy in my office. And I was wondering, could you come down and maybe, you know, do some of your shtick? And I'm like, what? You know, I was, oh, well, you, you want a smudge? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I'd go down there at, you know, three in the morning when nobody was there would bother and do my stuff, trying not to set off the fire extinguishers or the, <laughs> the you know, the fire alarms in the building. Yeah. And, um, and later that day, they would come up and say, oh, I know I asked you to come down and do that, but you know, everything feels a little better today, so don't bother. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so that, yeah, I think. That led you into a little ghost hunting, doesn't it? Oh, well, ghost hunting, it, it was uh, quite, a, quite a thing out at the park. We started out at, out at the park because yeah, So that's the one Disney, thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, Sam. Is sure. that, you know I had I had the opportunity in 1963 to go to Disneyland, and uh, you know I, I was just blown away uh, by it at that time. It was such a big deal. I don't even remember watching as a kid the, the Wonderful World of Disney in black and white on every Sunday, I believe. It was. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, you work at the park. Were there places in the park that were were haunted? Dum dum dum. You know, there are, there are, and to this day, there are still places in the park that, uh, you know, where there was reported, I had a couple of personal experiences with it, but you know, there's long time tales too. And we've had people quit over <laughs> being in certain areas going, yeah, ah, nope, not for me. And they would go, yeah. uh, Disneyland is very famous for always having a lamp in the window of Walt's old apartment on main street. There's a little lamp that never goes out. Well, most people don't know the reason that started was soon after Walt Disney passed away. Um, they would, you know, turn out all the lights in there and people be look up from main street in the evening and the light would be on and they, well, that's odd. And they would go and they'd turn it off and then it would be on again. Hmm. And so they just decided that this was how they were going <laughs> to, Walt obviously wanted people to know he was there, and so that was how that started. So after his death? Yes, after his death, yeah. Okay. All right, that makes sense. And, you know, this might sound, she was telling me the other day um, about the Haunted Mansion, that there was oh, an experience yeah. there. I and, love that place. Well, listen to well, this. I'll, I'll show well. Well, you know, it, it, it is sad because a lot of people want to leave the ashes of their loved ones in there. And it's not a good idea when we're off the air. I'll tell you how to really do it. But <laughs> if you do it and you get caught, you know, they have to close everything down. They call in hazmat and they just vacuum everything up anyway. Oh, gosh. But um, we were in there one evening. And if you've been on the Haunted Mansion, you know that when you were you bored, the empty doom buggies come down from a staircase from a big dark staircase from right behind you. Mm-hmm. Well, handicapped folks are made to stay in the doom buggies at the ex- the normal exit for people because it's, it's moving and it's not uh, where their wheelchairs and stuff are left. So they ride back over up around the top and down that staircase. Oh. Well, one night <laughs> we're, Standing there, there's not very many people, and we look up, and here's this little gal, little old lady. She's coming down the thing, and we thought, I don't remember anybody, but okay. We look. There's no sticker on her doom buggy that we put for you know handicapped individuals. 
and the car comes down and nobody's really paying any attention. And she goes by us and we stop and go down to help her out. And she's not there. There's nobody in the car. Really? Yeah, really. So she's handicapped. It's not like she ran away. No, 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 no. <laughs> there was nobody in the car. There was nobody out in the hall. There, nobody had left the car. Nobody had walked away. It was just like, okay. Um, they get a lot of that too on cameras at Disneyland. Folks uh, seeing uh, little transparent extra riders that get in, uh, get into there. And uh, we have uh, one of the most common ones is we call it uh, Walt's whistle because in the at late in the evening when all of the trains are off the tracks and back in the roundhouse, uh, they'll hear a train whistle from different parts of the park hmm. when there's no train on the track. You do like, know that like, if you have a low ceiling, you can, sound carries. So if there was a real... Yes, I know that, but yeah, it's but that's I, not how it is. Just throw it out there. That's all, because that's what I do. I look that's at all okay, because that's what I'm here for, too. It's just... Um, you know, there's just a lot of things at the park. Uh, when they started doing the uh, Haunted Mansion, they used to notice that some of the gingerbread shingles, now this was after I left, so I've I'm not seen this, but I've heard very many reports on it. Some of the uh, gingerbread shingles would be taken off of the house that were there, and they couldn't figure out what it was. And finally, somebody just said, you know, maybe we just got a playful spirit here. Let's leave it a cookie on a plate. So they started putting a cookie out on the plate, on a plate on the table, and that cookie will disappear, and the shingles haven't been touched since. And they've even caught it on the um, on the watching camera where it just kind of like disappears, the cookie. So I'm sure you could look that up on uh, YouTube somewhere. Oh, yeah. There and at the studio. We've just got ghosts everywhere. Well, the whole world has ghosts, but... You have um, special ghosts at the thing. What? So, so how did you decide to get a group together that would be doing some investigation at the studio? Whose idea was that? Well, it, we had a lot of people who were very, I'll say, anxious because things were happening. They were seeing things. Um, things were moving around, and they weren't quite sure, you know, what to do about it. And me, being me, I said, well, let's have a ghost hunt. Let's come in one morning, you know, really early before anybody's here. And, you know, you guys can get your little EVP things going around. We'll walk around and we'll see. So we did do that a couple of times. Uh, Walt's office was interesting. That was when I believe Sean Cassidy was in there. It had not been redone with Walt's stuff. But Sean was very, very dedicated to Walt. And so he left a lot of this stuff there. And um, there were a few EVPs of the sounds of coughing, which was quite a normal thing for Walt. It was not only Walt's office, but also his ante room where people would be. Um, oh, gosh, there was just so many things. There was thuds from the wall. And from the furniture, uh, you could hear paper rustling on the EVPs when there wasn't anything to rustle. A lot of orbs. They took uh, several pictures, lots mm -hmm. of orbs. 
uh, different colored orbs. They weren't just the white ones. They had a, a glow to them, uh, blues and yellows that were kind of odd. I'd never seen that before. And um, you might. while Walt's, everybody wants Walt's office to be the most interesting, it really wasn't. We had uh, <laughs> we had uh, two places that were kind of fun. This was the actually one of the bathrooms on the second floor, the two F wing bathroom. And things had been, there's been a, a gal ghost in there for some time. At least we think it's a gal. We didn't know what to call her. So we called her moaning Myrtle <laughs> because you, it was, it was one of the original bathrooms from the thirties. It was very tiny and there was just two stalls in it made out of aluminum and steel. So they make a lot of noise. And if you went in there and you were by yourself and then you'd, um, hear the door open and you'd hear footsteps on the, on the tile floor and then the door next door, you would shut hard and the whole thing would shake and you're just like, you don't pay any attention. And it's like, okay. And then you finish your business and you go out and you go to wash your hands and the, the door to the other stall is wide open. There's nobody in there. Hmm. So we're like, okay, okay Myrtle. I was going to look underneath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so, uh, you know, the door was wide open. There was nobody there. And she had a thing about running the water. You'd be sitting there and all of a sudden, the the uh, sinks would turn on all the sinks and you go thank you myrtle thank you we don't need it and they turn off cool except for one night when we came in in the morning and the whole office the whole hallway out in the back was flooded because all of the sinks in that bathroom not only the hand sinks but the mop sinks all the water was just going full blast so somebody must have insulted her <laughs> and once they went in, once they ter- installed the um, automatic towel dispensers, you know, the ones you just put your hands in front of, you know, you know, she had a ball with that. She would just, they would just run until there was no towels left. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just like, stop it, stop it. And it would stop <laughs> for a little bit. And then it just start ropping again. So Myrtle, as far as I know, is still annoying people in there. Good for Myrtle. Let me ask you a question to both of you. Uh, Since I've been doing this for many years, you know, I've been in more women's bathrooms than (laughs) I care to mention. Uh, (laughs) Why the hell do you think spirits would haunt women's bathrooms? I mean, if you could go anywhere where you see, oh, you know, I'd like to haunt the bathroom. I mean, what's your thoughts? Thoughts on it? Either one of these. I think it has to do with the water, with the element of water and uh, being a portal. But also, the building was so old that there could have been other things in some of those areas. We'd seen specters move through walls in the old hallways, and we actually went and got some of the blueprints, and there used to be doors there. So a lot of it, it's not so much ghosts as residual energy. Okay. People just kind of going about their day, you know? far as I'm concerned, you know, if it's a male spirit, some are perverts, and they're just going in to see the women's <laughs> bathroom. You'd go down that path. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, honest to God, I had one here in my room, and every time I went in the bathroom, I, I felt it, I see it, and and I one day I turned around and said, get the hell out of my bathroom, <laughs> and he never came back. It worked. You know? Sometimes you just have to tell him. Yeah. Yeah, I thought there was supposed to be some comatic rule that they are not supposed to cross over and invade people's privacies. 
I didn't. Well, I think they, they, they're just kind of like passing through some of them. But as I said, at the studio, I think a lot of it's just um, residual energy because I mean, I used to have had a lot of posters hanging up in my wall and very often I'd see figures as if they had been reflected in the poster walking by mm-hmm. the poster, you know, like they were just like, they were in my office walking by there and you could kind of see the reflection in the poster. So, right, exactly. you know, there was just a lot of that going on. I think people are just, you know, attracted and there's a lot of energy in that place. I like so, the story. Um, sorry, we've got two minutes. Um, I'll ask later. Keep going. We'll, when we come back, I'll. Well, I don't know no, if I it's mean, a two I, minute story. Yeah, we don't, we don't hear as many about spirits in men's bathrooms. I mean, maybe it's a more disgusting place they don't want to hang out with. But well, that's know. it. They're not, <laughs> women are not drawn to dirty places. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe Things maybe. on the wall and never mind. Um, yeah. I beg your pardon? <laughs> Excuse me. Phone numbers, phone numbers. She means phone numbers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For a good time, call 678. Exactly. <laughs> 560 yeah. What was that song? I remember there was a song like that. For a good time, call Beachwood 75. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, we got to take a break. I don't know why that stuck in my head, but it did. Anyway, uh, don't you remember that song? Beachwood seven nine eight something cents five or something. Time call. I don't yeah, think whatever. it. Yes, oh, maybe it's a different song. I don't think they said the one I'm thinking. Oh, oh they did. They said <laughs> time call. Good time call. Yeah. Oh well, maybe anyway, back then it meant something different. Go ahead. I don't know. I suppose I'm taking a break. Uh, anyway, you're listening <laughs> to. I think you're still here. Uh, you're listening <laughs> to Ghost Chronicles, Book of Shadows, with Butler Brooks and Colick. Right here on Tojinet, and our special guest today is Sam. What the hell's her last name? Miller. 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 Sam Miller. Sorry about that. I can remember <laughs> it now because it's you're Sam forgiven. Is Sam is Nikon, so now I remember. think of the beer Miller High Life. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, oh, and that really dated me too because I don't. Anyways, do. yes, it like, does. Hmm. We're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Thurman, Massachusetts, the Glant, Messier Family Log Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Become a member for three bucks a month and get access to all kinds of foolishness. Um, we'll be right back after the following messages here on Tojanet. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Located in Illinois, there lies a sleepy little town where nothing is a common occurrence. You going to that party in town tonight? Hey! 
Yeah. I only turned 18 once. That is until the night of celebration. Where the hell is she? Oh, no. No, 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 Jessica. Creators of Shadowhunters, fight me! Comes a tale of primal terror. Grind called Mayhem. Shadowhunters, kill Jessica! Kill! <laughs> Harry Price, I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles, The Book of Shadows. And Ron Kolick and me, Marla Brooks, have a great guest today. She is Sam. <laughs> he did it to Miller, me. Miller. I think he honestly <laughs> God did that to me. And we're talking about um, ghosts and Disneyland and all kinds of stuff with our sea witch and my favorite West Coast witch. So, yeah, <laughs> here we are. We are back. And Ron that is, so is elegant. Well, well, last minute, you know, not bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to ask you, Sam, about um, one of the, the spirit of Walt Disney that kind of hung around the studio, and and there was something that people heard and knew it was him, right? I'm not trying to well, get you, it right. Yeah, Walt would cough when he was coming down the hall because he was such a heavy smoker. And um, when they didn't want to yell out, you know, oh, boss is coming, and somebody would run into a room and go, oh, bear in the woods, which meant Walt was coming because they could hear him coughing two floors down. And they usually knew where he was headed. But we had um, one night, this was my experience, which um, I still think about today. I hadn't been at this studio too long, 
And it came downstairs one evening in the old animation building, which was originally where the animators were, where they drew Bambi and Snow White and all those, the original classics. Um, it's a long, long hallway in the bottom, and you've got a door on the south and the door on the north end. Well, I came down the middle staircase one night, and it was pretty dark. Everybody was gone. It was later. And I looked down toward the south end, and there was a figure standing there, just kind of in shadow, but just kind of standing there for a minute, you know, and I thought, startled me. I thought, oh, whoa. I thought it was all by myself. And as I started to walk in that direction, uh, it started, it did not turn in the direction of the elevator, which is there. It started walking straight toward the wall that went around the corner there. I couldn't see the wall, but it, you know, right into the wall. It didn't walk toward the uh, elevator, walk right into the wall. And there is a huge granite portrait of Walt Disney there, hanging there. And uh, I was, it was just less than a minute, you know, before I got down there. There was nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen. Just that big old portrait hanging there. And uh, that portrait has had some really strange things. When they've taken photos of it, all of its orbs are blended and glow it's very odd. I still have those pictures, and I've never been able to quite put my finger on it. But it's uh, it's 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 quite a quite a thing, and I still think about that because it was so fast, and it was just he didn't go in the elevator. No, I didn't. The elevator did not open because they're really old and make a lot of noise. It just completely disappeared. So okay, so I you have a home that is. Um... Right That's above true. forest. Oh uh, Lord, yeah. Forest, forest lawn. lawn is my backyard. Yeah. Yeah, and and things happen in your house, and well, a lot of um, things happen in this house. Yeah, and so I, I I've always thought that if I was going to have to have a house around a cemetery, I I would be very uncomfortable. But um, and you call your house Ghost Tree House, yes? Yes. Yeah, and you have a lot of of uh, spirits that are there for the house. I mean, they're not just coming and going, right? No, no. I do have house spirits, and I'm a, a big one in believing that you know you you speak to your house because it's not just a house. You're kind of in this partnership together, and so I do. I speak to my house on a regular basis, and I call them you know the spirits of the house, and there they are. They're my comfort and my company. And you can sense and people sense them when they're in here. I have a, I don't know why, but when people come in here, they either go to sleep on the end of the sofa. and But everyone down to the last always says they feel so relaxed and feel so good in here. Of course, some of them don't know what's going on in that hearth right there in front of them. But, <laughs> you know, they just, uh, they just, it makes them feel really, really good and relaxed and quiet. And, you know, I always tell the house when somebody's coming, you know, don't scare this person because they're not a ghost person or they're not a spirit person. So, you know, or we have a really devoted Catholic coming. No shenanigans, folks. You know, and uh, we, we get along just fine. The house is over 100 years old. So it, it's got its own history. 
It was originally built for Fatty Arbuckle mm. back in the 20s. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he loved the house, but it was too small for him. So the architect lived here for a while while they built the exact same house for Fatty up in the uh, Hollywood Hills. And before they had all the walls and everything around Forest Lawn, uh, every time there'd be a big heavy rain, sometimes there'd be coffins and stuff down here in the backyard. It was just <laughs> the whole hillside would give away. Everybody would come down the hill. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the house is just, it's had a lot of activity. And do you think that some of them came along with some of the relics from the Disney studio? I don't feel, I don't think so. I don't have anything that's incredibly old from the Disney studio. I have, you know, I mean, Hocus Pocus is in the 90s. You know, that's not anything like that. But Mm -hmm. um, I have some antiques, a lot of things from uh, sailing ships that, you know, could have very easily brought people in, brought, you know, energy in with it. Cause, uh, uh, you know, like I said, energy and water, they're both shapeshifters so they can uh, come in as they, as they choose. It's, you know, sacred water. You got takes care of mind, body, spirit, you know, and it, uh, it realigns everything. So it could have transferred from a boat to a ship to, I, I think that's a little rocking house, I guess. I think that a lot of people that work with spirit energy actually attract spirits. So um, I know that even when we do paranormal investigating, we'll get spirits that'll come that I call street ghosts, and they'll just drop in. They have nothing to do with the building or anything else. They just realize someone's trying to contact the other side or just curious of what's going on. So I, in my opinion, and that's just my opinion, is that a lot of the time people who work with spirit also attract spirits because of the same particular reasons. Uh, they realize that uh, there's someone working with them. There's someone that, that's uh, uh, maybe open to the other side and, and therefore they, they want to be heard or whatever. And they, they drop in. So uh, I absolutely agree. It would have been helpful for me as a child because I thought everybody saw the things that I did as a child, but nobody mentioned to me, I really shouldn't talk about it at school because yeah. I thought everybody yeah, saw those kind of things. Oh, it's your imagination, your imaginary friends. So that's all. Well, I was lucky. My family did not because my family had, uh, my family knew what was what. <laughs> so I got lucky that way, but kids at school, I'd have people come over and they never came back to, to my <laughs> folks house because you know things would move or the doors would slam or open themselves and then close and so you know i and then of course everybody go back to school and then that's all anybody would be talking about so, so i i want to talk a little bit about sea witch in uh in regard to the crowd to me the idea of a sea witch is is production of serenity the production of peace, um, comfort, uh, cleansing. That's, that's, those are the words that come to mind when I think of the sea witch. Is, is that what you do? Do you work more with those elements that produce that type of thing? Because, you know, people go to the sea and they have that feeling. They have that comfort, the serenity. Sense of peace. Yeah. yeah. I do. I do. But there's also the other side to the sea. She can be very violent. You know, as well, the sea is, 
you know, again, to use the word as a shapeshifter, I do a lot of healing work. People come to me for a lot of uh, healing work. And I will add seawater to moon water and work with that. I work with water bending. And, uh, you know, it's out here on the West Coast, our waves come in uh, like a series of nine with the ninth wave coming in, usually coming up the highest on the Mm -hmm. shore. And uh, I know that if I have a question or something I'm trying to manifest, I'll take an apple and I'll use either cloves or something and put a rune or a symbol for the question or whatever onto it. And I'll wait for that ninth wave when it comes up the highest so that the next wave is the smallest. And I'll throw that little sucker as hard as I can out into the ocean. And by the ninth wave, if it hasn't come back, then that's a very good indication that it's the sea is going to accept that and work with that, work with me for it. But if it comes back to shore, time's not right. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, well, you, it's just an old, you know, Welsh thing. Do you, I mean, you work, you work with sea elements. So you, you mentioned that you use seawater and moon water, moon water, right? trying to guess is is what exactly why should i guess what i can ask you oh moon water yes oh it's just water that you've purified pure water that you've put out under a full moon and then it absorbs all that energy and everything i mean there's so many little tall tales that people consider tall tales and uh, legends like if you hang seaweed in your house Mm -hmm. it'll never burn I have a piece of seaweed, the same piece of seaweed hanging in this house that I've had hanging in one other place that's been, I've had it almost 50 years. And when it rains, it gets all soft again. And then in the summer, it dries all up. But there's the the legend that if you hang seaweed in your house, the house will never catch fire. It'll never burn. Mm -hmm. There's all sorts of wonderful little things. Yeah, I mean, we we have in New England, we have these uh, sea. Well, they're actually called witch jars now that we hang. Witch balls. Witch balls. Thank the witch you. balls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, they're uh, wonderful. Yeah. But those were primarily from the seacoast uh, region that started here in New England. Uh, but I mean, when you do your spells and stuff, I mean, you mentioned using seawater. Like, do you use sand? Do you use driftwood? Do you use seashells? Do you what, what particular things? I will use anything that my mind says is the perfect way to craft what I'm trying to do. I have sand from different beaches. I have sand from Carmel by the sea. I have driftwood from Carmel by the sea. I have shells, I have stone. There's a beach out here called Emma Wood State Beach where you can get holy stones, which are small natural stones with holes all the way through them. Uh, Some people call them hagstones. Mm -hmm. Very potent. Some people say that if you look through them, you can see the fairy realm. Well, I've never done that because I use them to manifest and to create healing or make, you know, charms or talismans out of them. I did one not long ago for a friend who's, who was at the school that had a big school shooting and the kid uh, who was, they found in the bathroom was on his way to my friend's class before, just as the police got him. And he was 
a little nervous and uneasy, so I crafted, uh, it took me about three days, I crafted a protection talisman for him out of a fossilized clamshell. And that's pretty sturdy stuff. Mm. You know, it's ancient, it's protective, it's, uh, you know, tight, shut tight, nobody's getting past that and everything, and uh, put it in a pouch with a clear quartz for him, and uh, he, he just feels so much better. Now, yeah, a lot of people could say, oh, it's the power of suggestion. Maybe, but the thing is, it's working for him. Mm-hmm. And he does yeah. feel safer. As long as there's no harm, that's what, you know, a lot of people, that's they do. They don't might not believe in it, but if there's no harm, what difference does it make? It's like we have, I mean, so many talismans in our lives that we, exactly. Crap, we don't really believe in, you know, I mean, rabbit's foot. It's like, oh, I got to wear a rabbit's foot because it's lucky or a four-leaf clover or something like that. We have these little talismans is what they are. And, and you not really, don't really believe it, but yet you do. Uh, you well, know. your belief empowers it. Your belief gives it the power to work. Like for my altars and for my um, jewelry and stuff, I don't wear pentagrams. I wear starfish. Because that is an ocean pentagram. Mm-hmm. And it's also, in... Sorry. It's also good to wear that when you don't want to have somebody see a pentagram on you. Well, that's true. But I've never been one to really, to, to you know, what people, I, everybody on this block knows that I'm the community witch. I got the little leaky cauldron sign sticking out from my garage out there, <laughs> you know, so everybody knows and they've heard people on my patio. So <laughs> what mm-hmm. kind of party are they having over there? You know, I, so, have, a, I have a starfish from, uh, I believe it's San Diego. I got in 1963. Ooh. So, yep. Uh, well, you know, and starfish, you know, regenerate themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, if they lose an arm, they grow it back again. That's right. So that's, uh, you know, another talisman or you know that you can use i mean i do work with all the elements i work with fire i work with wood you know i work with the earth i've always since i was a child i've used um stones beach stones for the quarters if i'm kind of i mean i enjoy high ritual as much as anybody else i if i feel like it, I will lay out a fancy altar with all the bells and whistles and all the right crystals and all the right, you know, bowls with the salt and the whole thing and do the high rate. But I'm kind of a simplistic person too. And I've tried to tell people that, you know, you don't need all of this hoo-ha to empower. It's wonderful and it helps when you're learning, but all you need is your heart and your hand. That's it. If you're ever stuck somewhere, don't think, oh, I can't work because I don't have my pewter bowl. Well, that's not quite true. You know, you are the magic. So you can work that way. Do you use sea glass at all? Oh, sea glass? Yes, but you have to be careful because there's so much phony sea glass on the market today. You know, they oh, just tumbled. You collect yourself. Never mind phony stuff. Oh, yes. Yes, I have. But I haven't been very lucky in finding really beautiful pieces. I have to source my glass very carefully from people. And back east, as a matter of fact, some people find, you know, some beautiful stuff. And We, uh, we have tons of, of sea glass here in, in New England. Yes, I know. Many, I'm, many, I'm, people, many people are collectors here. I'm, it's on my bucket it's list to get people. to New England. My, my my bucket list to get to New England before I transition. Transition. So, 
Uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> let's do a road trip. Let's just pounce on this door. Spirit Quest. Come up with Spirit Quest. Yeah. Spirit, yeah. I'll, I'll explain Spirit Quest to her later. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. But do I do? I use all of the um, the aspects. You know, in everyday life, it's just you know, when as I just move through the day, I talk to everything because I feel everything. That's what another thing you know about being at Disneyland is it's so electric there. It's just there's so much energy. I mean, it's prime energy. There's so much EMF going on because of all the electricity, because of all the rides, all the lights, all the people. And you have to kind of put up that barrier because it's like walking through a crowd and seeing someone that you know is not alive. And either they'll walk right past you or that feeling of walking through a crowd and knowing that somebody was going to have a lot of trouble before the end of the day. And, you know, you, what do you do with that? You just, mm-hmm. you just have to kind of swallow it and go on. Yeah, I have so many friends that hate going to supermarkets for that particular reason. But, you know, to me, it seems like, you know, if you're in L.A. or you're in, in Oakland or you're in any of the cities in California, there's, there's so much ugh, energy there. <laughs> that it must be horrible. I mean, you know, on, at least on the on the coast, you have the calming of the sea that cleanses that's a lot of that. And people go there, that energy is, is drawn off and the, the, the crap that they have picked up all day long has is, is been generated because now they're in a good mood. Now they're relaxed. And that energy is so much cleaner. Do you find that true or is it just... a a myth oh no it's absolutely true i spend a lot of time at the redondo pier um i was, went there off all the time when i was a little kid and i just go out there and sit and smell the ocean and feel the ocean and see if it's got anything to tell me you know see if you know what's going on i <laughs> the gods will have their way with me though because everything for me is the ocean and the sea and yet i get seasick and I'm allergic to fish. Get out of here. <laughs> I can't eat fish. Oh, no. And I get deathly seasick. So it's like, you know, I'm like, yeah, thanks a lot you know, for that part of it. You're an armchair. <laughs> actually, actually, I can understand that. And here I am. I'm a pirate reenactor. You know, and, you know, a sea witch, pirate reenactor. And, you know, we do... Uh, educational things at libraries and museums and stuff like that on, you know, superstitions of the sea and what the sailors used to carry and, you know, and uh, the kind of medicines they might use using no herbs and, and kelp and, and stuff like that and kelp to stop bleeding and cobwebs to stop bleeding and things like that. But yeah. And so then all the rest of my group, they all like, woo, they all go out and get on the, the sailing ships down there in Dana Point, and off they go, and I there I sit on the pier. <laughs> Bye. Have <laughs> fun storming the castle. It's yeah, it's not fair, but I accept it as a price for the other joys I get from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One more thing I want you to talk about because um, you have. Well, we are getting down to the end. I know I'm doing it really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a little door, a cat door or animal door. And feeds all the critters around. She's got possums. She's got skunks. She's got other cats. And 
they come in, and she said the other day that the possum got friendly enough. She was in bed, and the possum went up and put it, got on its back legs and scratched the bed because he wanted some food, which is yep. interesting. But she also has... I got a, pictures to prove it. <laughs> and she's got a I couple of it. black cats um, that were were feral and they just came in and they decided to stay because it was warmer in the house but one of them i think it's mama the mama cat mama whenever Giddy. she whenever she does rituals that cat joins her right uh-huh yeah she comes down and sits sometimes she gives me the stink eye because i don't think she's really interested or wants to be there but if she feels now perhaps that it is her duty to be there and um and it's really funny because she'll come down the stairs and she'll wait for me to open the circle for her to come in when she comes in and she's always looking at stuff. She's always seeing things around here that, um, you know, that's going on little mama kitty. She mm-hmm. had it rough. She came in here and I found her under my dining room table. She wasn't much more of a kitten herself with a whole bunch of kittens. Aww. And, um, they, so see, they grew up with the possums because there were some baby possums at the time. So they are not hostile to the possums. They like the possums. And then those possums had babies and they learned that this is where you come. I mean, I'm just a damn Disney princess and nobody will clean my house. Like Snow White. It's, with yeah. the flower in the forest with all the creatures. I got a skunk named Sweetie who comes in, trolls around in the bedroom. Where's the cat food? Get out. It's gone. Oh, and off she goes. Isn't the song of the South that, that all the animals, when they're singing, zippity doo da? <laughs> nope. Nobody sings and nobody cleans. But they expect me to feed them. Yeah. They chew. <laughs> they eat. Yeah. They walk away. Yeah. Yeah. They do. We're trying to get rid of that movie because, oh, I, I just drives me. What a, what a great movie. What a great feeling that movie had. And, and now they want to get rid of it because it doesn't fit our political agenda. Oh, yeah. It's right. Which movie? Song of the South. Oh, I love that film. I yeah, love it. It's and it's so unfair. It's so unfair to James Baskett, the star, because he's mm-hmm. phenomenal in it. Mm-hmm. And they're just cutting him yeah. off. You know, like, oh. Sad well, they did the same with... But, uh, go ahead. Last thought. They did the same thing with Dumbo yeah. because of the crows. Oh, mm-hmm. And uh, Floyd Norman, who is a, oh, a Disney legend and animator... Um, and one of the first African-American animators at Disney, even he poo-poos all that. He said, you know, that is just, that was the time. That was what they did. And it's a wonderful, game. and it's a wonderful bit of animation. And the song is, is great. Mm. And it's well done. And the actors and everything, and they just, they take mm. that away from people. And it's too bad. Yeah. Remember Spanky and I gang? <laughs> oh, yes. Spanky yeah. McFarlane. Uh, yeah, that I mean, I, I get the biggest kick. Ah, oh, we do have to go. We are more reminiscent. Anyways, you've been <laughs> listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles Book of Shadows right here on Tojinet with Myla Brooks and Ron Kolick. And our very special guest, and I mean very, is Sam Miller. Uh, <laughs> thank Sam. you. I had a wonderful time. Yes, I want to thank you for joining us. You're a pleasant person, and I appreciate it putting up with you. Oh, thank you, Ron. That's an important part. 
Anyways, we're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very, 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 very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Become a member of the Dead End Society. Join us for three bucks a month and get access to all kinds of foolishness right there on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Good night, everyone. God bless and Happy New Year. Good night. Night. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.